Today on the next phase with Steve Key podcast, I'm calling this Dressing for Success. And I'm joined by uh, Dimitri Tuckcher, CEO of LGFG Fashion. Now, it's a direct sales company that's becoming a really great recognized brand in luxury clothes. Uh, it's it's featured across Hollywood, worn by leaders, professional athletes, top executives, and even me. Uh, now, in 2021, they've released their undisputed collection featuring their brand ambassador, former heavyweight champion, Lennox Lewis, and he looks incredible in the product. Now, this is a founded in Canada company, 15,000 clients around the world, and uh, they're bringing luxury to their clients globally. So welcome to the podcast, Dimitri. Hey, thank you for having me. Now, I'm, I'm likely one of your biggest fans, but let's talk a little bit about how you founded this company. Okay. Um, well, I, uh, I was going to school at UBC uh, in Vancouver. Like, I really thought I wasn't, like, I'm not, a, I wasn't thinking like fashion or anything. It was more, I was studying like business and computer science. Um, I always thought I'd be somewhere in software, like my, even my co-op, I did co-op at school. So I did um, four terms and it was all uh, software development. I was coding in SQL at the time. But uh, when I was in school, I got recruited into a direct sales company, a door-to-door -door company. And so I started selling books door-to-door. -door. And the reason that's important to the story is that uh, I did that for six years. I did quite well at it. But so that when I, you know, by the time I graduated school and everything, I really felt like really where I need to be a sales, not in software development, because I developed a, a, a pretty significant aptitude for sales. And so I, I kind of wanted to find something that I can do in sales. Um, and I interviewed at some corporate positions and I realized very quickly that I probably, probably no corporation would ever want to hire me. I still took a corporate job. I lasted six months. Like I'm just, you know, like I was just too free thinking and independent. I like, I, come from a background of door-to-door -door sales where I had ultimate authority over my own results and ultimate creativity. And as a new graduate, you know, I didn't have that opportunity in a company because I had no credibility, right? But, so but I wanted you, to... I want, but you sense? must have had a fashion sense. I mean, I, 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 I can't see this sort of behind-the-scenes person, the salesperson. Yeah. You, know, you uh, had to have had some vision for this. I want to I want to say the politically correct thing and say like yes I was all about fashion. The truth is, um, clothing had become important to me because um, it was it wasn't it wasn't a fashion thing for me. It was more like I didn't grow up with any money, and you know I grew up on like basically from welfare to social housing as an immigrant from the Soviet Union, and so you know my experience with clothing were sentimentally very challenging to process because it was mostly like getting made fun of for like having just the worst clothing at school. Yeah. And then went from that to like signing up for hockey where I had to use league equipment because we couldn't afford equipment and then getting made fun of for like 1970s goaltending pads in like 1998, which was pretty embarrassing. So, uh, yeah, I started dressing well probably around my second and third year of university when, um, I, I was in door to door sales and I started making some, what I, you know, at the time was pretty considerable money. It was the first time I had money to spend. And the first thing I did is I went to the, I was in Nashville, Tennessee, wherever the company was based. And I went, uh, I got my first paycheck. My first summer was about $8,000. And those paychecks increased significantly every year. And I bought two leather jackets. It was the first thing I bought. Because I always wanted to have a leather jacket, but they were like 300 bucks. I didn't have 300 bucks. Right. You know what I mean? Like I had to, I, I was paying for school and, and, you know, and I, 
still have one of those jackets because it means a lot to me. Like my wife's like, throw it away. I'm like, no, like that means something. So there was a certain propensity towards like having an emotional relationship with clothing and being like, you know, I, I don't want to say jealous, but probably having some level of jealousy for like, you know, going to school and seeing sometimes parents drop their kids off and like the dad would be wearing a suit. And I'm like, okay, that's freaking cool. Like I want to wear a suit to work, you know? So it maybe wasn't about the the clothing itself, but what it meant to me. But, but you, to, to, to actually come up with the idea for this company, yeah. like. So the idea, let me tell you the idea. I, this was, this was not by accident. So the idea itself was very, very planned. So I had, I was really big into visualization at this point because, you know, like I, I was self-employed in the door-to-door business. I was building teams. And so, you know, visualization, all that had become sort of standard practice. So I was very clear in what I wanted. I wanted to be in sales, number one. Like I wanted the reason why, well, I wanted to be sell. I like people and also, um, you know, sales provided an avenue to growth that other professions perhaps wouldn't provide as quickly as I wanted, right? Because I was responsible ultimately for my results. So it had to be sales, number one. Number two, it had to be around smart people. Like I didn't want to sell cars, Not nothing wrong with that, but I wanted to deal with like a higher pedigree of consumer. So if it was real estate, then it would be like high net worth. Real. Like I wanted to be around, I wanted to be around wealthy people. Like that's like, that's something I wrote down. I wanted to be around because, you know, I, I had a, I had an aspiration to like, right. you know, have a different lifestyle for my children I had growing up. So I'm like, I want to be around rich people. That was important for me. The next thing is I wanted something where I can train people to sell very quickly because I wanted to scale a company. So if it was like that disqualified like financial services and insurance, because in those fields, you need to get people licensed and blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to just train them the basics and go, you know? And then the last thing is I wanted something that would allow me geographical mobility because, uh, you know, I was 26 when I started the company, 25 or 26. So I'm like, obviously I had some grand boys ideas that probably were ludicrous, but I had them. And so I wanted something with geographic mobility and uh, which means it had to be a product that I could sell in different places and countries. Cause for whatever reason, I was arrogant enough to think I would change the world. It's crazy, but whatever. And, and then it kind of, I don't know, Suits was like, well, this makes sense. Like, you know, everybody in the world wears clothing. I don't need a license to sell it in, uh, you know, in, in Hong Kong or, or in uh, Belgium or in Canada. It's the same thing. It's clothing. I can train people very quickly. There's no licensing process. It's a pretty simple, and it became more complex with time as I actually understood what I was getting into. And so that's what it was. It just, the, the idea met all of my criteria, literally. And so I picked up the phone and I started cold calling law firms and just saying, hey, I come to you and I sell, I sell, I sell suits. And uh, some people were open to taking a meeting with me and I, and I started selling and that was it. But, but the key here is to get the buy-in from, you know, I'm going to call them really your ambassadors. I mean, I know they're your sales staff, but they're really ambassadors of your company. And it's, it, it's a word of, largely it's a word of mouth business. You have a customer, they're going to perhaps say, okay, Steve might be a good person to to get a suit. All of a sudden, I'm connected in with one of your people. They come and have a meeting with me in my office. So there was convenience. There was an understanding of what I did and what I needed. Like this, this, this idea, it's, it sounds simple from the outside, but you really had to come up with some core values about what you wanted LGFG to be. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, if you're talking about buying from a from a an employee or a salesperson, 
you know, that's a, that's a different, uh, that's a different animal. That's not, a, that's a, that's a puzzle with a lot of pieces. And I don't know if I have all the answer because, you know, in the scheme of things, probably not probably every company is ultimately competing for, for high talent, high level talent. And that's hard, right? Like to get smart, capable, um, reasonable, intelligent, ambitious people to work with you is always a challenge, right? Yeah. Um, the one thing that helped me from the beginning, my sort of competitive advantage is coming out of the door-to-door book selling business. I known I had known hundreds of people that were already doing door-to-door sales that were probably at an age where they wanted to graduate to something more real. And real, I mean, it's real, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like more, less door-to-door-sy, right? And so I had a lot of credibility with that group of people because I had been in that business for six years. I had recruited a lot of people into that business. I was really good at that business. So when I came to them and I said, hey, I have this new opportunity, I had some people that implicitly trusted me. So that was sort of my unfair advantage, if that makes sense. Oh, and, and, and it is uh, to a point, but ultimately it's the people and the product that will sell itself. And, you know, I did a leap of faith. Uh, there were various price points, but, you know, the idea that I would had this personal attention, it meant something to me. And I always looked at my body as being the kind of body that didn't off the rack, didn't always work and having the measurements and having this thing made. And there was a quality issue. And when I got my first suit, it was amazing that I could, you know, pick the lining. So it was exactly what I wanted. It fit perfectly. And I kept getting follow-ups. Do you need an adjustment? Do you need this? Do you need that? And you would look at the way that they were made. And I mean, you went, uh, not you necessarily, but her people go above and beyond in terms of creating a product that is going to last. And I think that is so important. Well, so if I were to say that, you know, I came up with that product, I would be stealing credit from a lot of people that are not me. Uh, When we first started, it wasn't like that. I mean, look, so and maybe this is true for every startup, because I remember those you know, first days back you know, over a decade ago. It's like we had a manufacturer, which it was fine, but it wasn't, it wasn't at a level where I felt like we had a competitive advantage with our product. And of course, I wanted that advantage. And it's so hard because, look, let's get real. Like People see clothing as a commodity. You know? Like I can buy a boss suit, a Canali suit, or an Armani suit, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, there's a commoditization aspect to it, and we needed to break away from that. And so what happened was uh, I also, again, it was, a, it was a big thing about like just putting what I wanted down on paper and, and visualizing it and kind of asking the universe for it. And I wanted to find a company that I could grow with. I wanted to find a company that had that advantage in the marketplace. And literally like a few weeks after I put that on paper and I said, that's what I want, a lady I had met that I had, uh, she was from Atlanta she had worked for a competitor and she reached out to me saying, Hey, um, she reached out to me on LinkedIn and and she said, Hey, I was working for a competitor and the company's not in business anymore. She's like, but you need to meet one of their suppliers. And I think you'd really like them. And I don't know if she was working for them or what it was, but it was a company in the UK. So I reached out to them and it was a small shop. They basically only made suits for Savile Row. Uh Their whole business was just Savile Row. And I flew down to Frankfurt in Germany to meet them. I was, uh, I was trying to open an office in Frankfurt at the time. So we were, I went to Frankfurt. They were up in Leeds, UK, and they came down to meet me. 
And I basically told them, I'm like, hey, I think I can be the guy to take your company international. But what I want from you is I want an exclusive distribution deal at the time just for Canada. And they almost laughed. They're like, come on, what kind of sales can you have? And I showed them our sales and they, they said, this can't be real. Because they understood that like, I, knew, I knew not enough about clothing and I wasn't a tailor, and, you know, but I was good at selling and, and meeting people. But I was like, no, these are real numbers. They said, okay, if you give us 30% of these numbers, you have an exclusive deal. And it kinda, I think they kind of thought I was, I was bluffing them. <laughs> well, we blew, we blew them out of the water. The first month we did it, I'm like, so can we get that exclusive now? And they're like, yes. So we became the first uh, exclusive distributor for these guys, where in the past, all they did was manufacture suits for Savile Row. And if you saw who they made suits for, it's crazy. I mean, literally, you go on down Savile Row, and all the suits were coming from this shop. They were just cutting them, sewing them. It was amazing. The product was incredible, right? Yeah. Um, and these guys had built, and I'll tell you a quick story, if you don't mind, because it's so cool. Um, they were the first company in the world to develop a computerized pattern system whereby if we have your pattern, we, there, we therefore save it in a computerized format. It auto-generates the pattern based on your measurements and pictures. And then when you get the suit, it fits. But then we can replicate that suit within 5% of exact accuracy, just the 5% is cloth stretch. And they were the first company to develop it. Well, what they developed was really unique in that there's no person that creates the pattern. What that means is when we take your measurements, Steve, and then we take your pictures, we put it in the computer. They had a tailor who was like 91 years old. He retired like last year. And this tailor sat side by side with their computer techs for like 21 years, developing the software where if you, know, you have a shoulder pad, a, a shoulder at one angle, it affects the slope of the arm. And the slope of the arm affects the slope of the armhole. And the slope of the armhole affects the angle the chest piece is cut at. And that affects this. And, that. and so everything is built upon everything else. And when you take 5,000 individual suit pattern pieces and you arrange them in such an order that each piece is dependent on the configuration of the, of the previous pieces, what you have is a mathematical equation that's like 5,000 factorial. It's like 5,000 times 4,999 times 49. So it basically is infinity. And so in order to create your computer pattern, uh, this company rents space uh, on a quantum computer in Ireland. Like literally a supercomputer generates that pattern and they pay like $14,000 a month to part-time rent space on this computer to generate your pattern. So it's a unique proposition. that's something nobody else has, right? And then of course, from that pattern, it not only creates the pattern for you, but it does it in a way that then minimizes, I should say, the amount of cloth being used to reduce waste. So they're very environmentally friendly. Um, so I like everything about this. And I actually just bought a, sh a significant share of that company. Because I think in the future, when we 3D print clothing, you know, 20, 30 years from now, I think that's what we're all going to be doing. We're going to need a pattern software. So I thought it was amazing. And the product was incredible. And they basically said, look, Dimitri, you're not going to be able to sell this. It's too high end. Everything is moving towards fast fashion. You know, everything's moving towards online sales. And I'm going, no, there are still clients that are going to want, like, look, I drive a nice car. I can drive any car, but I drive a nice car because I like to feel good about myself. And there's still clients that want that from their clothing. So these guys made a product that's remarkable. I mean, you see it. It was not me making it. And I thought, man, this is it. Like, this is the product we're going to fly with. And here we are. It's it's the little things that that make this. I mean, thing, there are enhancements, uh, you know, around the, the, the belt line or around the bottom of the pant. The way that the look or feel or the cut, it, it's incredible. But, you know, the, I, have, I have two really fun things about my relationship with, uh, with your company. And that was, you know, I, I'm a quirky person and I like to stand out from time to time, but I have to look corporate at the same time. So, uh, 
you know, the first suit, I had a fairly plain uh, lining pattern. The second time uh, she said to me, well, what are you looking for? I said, well, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the Hotel California album and the whole thing. And all of a sudden, she showed me this pattern inside that was a bit like that feeling palm trees and all of that. And I went, that's it. And I had more compliments than anything on that. Well, yeah, mine's even a bit wilder than that. But the best thing that your people did was I had I'd seen something online. Uh, there was an NHL player, uh, uh, Hendrik Lundqvist or something, and he was at the All-Star game. And he had this suit with a Godfather lining. Uh, and I went, I need that. And you didn't have it, but you found it. And you did it. And it is my go-to suit. For everything. So all I'm saying is that you can talk, you talk to them and you can get just about anything you want. And at the end of the day, that's what makes it, you know, a rewarding experience. Cause I'm proud to wear the suit because it looks great on the outside, but on the inside, that part of me, that little boy that's you know the joke and everything like that is still out there. So I I thank I thank you guys for for going that extra mile for me because I feel like I'm being treated like Lennox Lewis. And that is, I don't get that from anywhere else I deal with. Thank you. That's uh, And I like that because it goes with what I believe to be true, which is I, I'm trying to really instill this in our culture. Say like, hey, people don't have to spend their disposable income with us, but they do it because it's fun. It has to be fun. That's the word for me. It has to be fun. Well, it, it has to be fun. I think people want to look good. Uh, and certainly you've made it uh, for me anyway, something that is uh, really rewarding and all of that. Now, if, if people are interested in the company and you know, they're, they're not connected with me to recommend that, how, how would they find you like uh, online? Well, just, I mean, our website, of course, LGFG just stands for look good, feel good. It's a silly, cheesy yeah. name, but it, it's stuck. Uh, lgfg.com is, is the easiest way. I'm also, as you know, I keep a pretty open profile on LinkedIn. So yeah. I always, I always like it when people, I like that network. It feels good. You know? Well, I, I thank you so much for doing this today and, uh, I'll put some of the links, uh, in the description, in the, um, in the podcast. Uh, I thank you. I wish you continued success. And, uh, I guess at some point in the near future, I'll be needing suit number four. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Listen, that wraps up another edition of the Next Phase with Steve Key podcast, where today I feel like I'm looking good and feeling good. Until we speak again, have a wonderful day.